with the main chip wash. It's real talk. Man, it's real talk with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. And for you survivors of Snowmageddon 2021, this is Real Talk with your host, Chip Washington, your humble host on this Monday uh, at 6 p.m. Very happy uh, that uh, you have uh, hopefully chosen to join us for a bit tonight. We have a a very, very good show for you, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have a tribute uh, to someone very special to me at the end of the program, so if you can... Uh, stick around for that. So, how's everybody doing? I hope you guys survived the uh, snowmageddon. Boy, you know, for the folks who complain yearly that we don't have winter here, that the snow goes north of us and south of us but never hits us, well, you got your wish. You wanted winter, you got more than you bargained for, more snow, more ice, more sleet, the whole nine yards, and yeah, it was uh, frigidly cold on top of that. That's sort of like the cherry on top of the weather cake. Uh, but things are defrosting now. Streets back, getting back to normal. Neighborhoods slowly getting back to normal as the sunshine has returned and the warmth has returned as well. I hope you are doing well. I hope that you were able to survive that. Many of us, uh, I include me in that number, worked from home uh, because of uh, being able to, or actually not being able to traverse the roads uh, for a few days. But and now we are dealing with a boil water advisory and no it has not expired and yes it is still in effect until further notice that as of late uh, this afternoon from uh, memphis light gas and water so uh, until they tell us uh, that the water pressures are coming back stronger that they fixed uh, probably numerous uh, water burst pipes and leaks uh, all over the city and the county. Uh, that could take a few days. So we'll see what happens uh, in terms of that. But in, in, in the meantime, if, if you can conserve water uh, any way you can, uh, try to do so. You can go to any website in the city, from the newspapers to all the TV stations. They are giving away water. The city is giving away uh, cases of water each and every day. Uh, so you need to look and do your research and check out whoever it is you check out for your news to find out exactly where they're giving it out, what time they are giving it out, and, and the whole nine yards. Before uh, I go too much farther with this, I want to take note of a very grim milestone uh, that we have seen in this country today. Uh, over half a million people uh, have died uh, in some form or another of COVID-19. And uh, that is a number that many of us thought unimaginable. Uh, and it's been just about a year um, since uh, we got our first case of COVID-19. So uh, I just want to just, uh, just take a moment just to express my condolences and my sympathies uh, to all of those folks out there, all of you out there who have in some form or fashion in some way been touched by this by the loss of a loved one a family friend a colleague or just you know whoever it is that that meant something to you in this life um i i express my deepest and sincere condolences and uh i had a moment of silence a bit earlier this afternoon but know that you are always in my heart and you are always in my prayers 
we have a lot to do tonight, so we're gonna we're gonna step right into it and uh, do our get our first uh, get our first caller. Uh, well, actually, get our first guest on the line. Uh, he is Richard Greenwald, and he is the president and CEO of the Soulsville Foundation. That sound familiar? That that that's the group that uh, runs the Stax Music Academy in town. And Richard has graciously. Uh, 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 allowed us to uh, have a chat with him. Uh, we're trying to get him on the line right now, uh, and he'll be with us in just a, just a few minutes. But in the meantime, let me talk about one other thing that is impacting uh, what happens in the future in terms of education. Shelby County Schools, teachers were, were supposed to report to campus today, but because of the water pressure situation, that has not happened. And so he, uh, not he, but uh, they have had to obviously shift. The teachers were supposed to go back today to prep their classrooms, uh, you know, get them ready because kids were coming back next week. Uh, but uh, apparently because of the water pressure situation, that did not occur. And uh, so the kids are still supposed to, as of today, report back to class on <clears throat> March 1st, which is next Monday. Well, the teachers may or may not be able to get back into their classrooms to set them up. They may or may not have water pressure stabilized uh, in time to be able to do this. So um, as of uh, this evening, there's a big question mark uh, on uh, whether or not uh, that all that's going to happen. So we'll have to wait and see, uh, you know, what what transpires in, in, in terms of that. So uh, hang on just a second. I'm trying to see. Are we uh, do we have our guy? Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> yeah, this is live radio, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, I know how to vamp my, my tail off here. Uh, so in terms of other news going on out here in the world, um, as, I, I, as I mentioned, we did talk about the water situation that is, that is big time here. We talked about the snow that we had. We talked about the, the, the remnants of it. Um, once again, I saw, I just saw a headline that said, Water issues were forced downtown Shelby County government buildings to be closed once again tomorrow. So uh, understand that uh, the Shelby County administration will be closed. That's 160 North Main Street. And I'm sure probably before it's all said and done, the remainder of those county buildings that were closed today will be closed tomorrow as well. So, I mean, this water thing is a, is a, is a, is a big, big situation uh, that many of us are trying to, uh, you know, figure out. MLGW uh, has a major job on their hands. They fixed um, hundreds of uh, leaks already, uh, but uh, there are many, many more out there. So as I, as I said before, uh, we're going to start the program. I have Richard Greenwood, Green, uh, Green, I'm sorry, Greenwald. Richard Greenwald, he is the president and CEO of the Soulsville Foundation, which runs the Stacks Academy. And Richard, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I have you loud and clear. And thank you so much for taking time out of your schedules to uh, join me and my audience on the Real Talk Show tonight. Appreciate it. Hey, Chip. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, you know, listen, they're, they're, you know, all of us have been affected in one way or another in terms of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that that applies to the Stacks Foundation, Soulsville Foundation and Stacks Academy. But you have managed, if you would pardon the pun, to keep the music playing uh, this past year. Just talk about, if you will, the challenges of keeping this operational uh, this operation up and going uh, through this uh, difficult time. Yeah, well, that's that's true. We really have uh, kept it going, and um, you know, all the challenges are, of course, opportunities. Not to not to be too much of a cliche there, but uh, uh, we had an amazing staff that rallied and got organized uh, as soon as COVID started uh, to rear its head, and so we were serving um, our kids who participate in our program. We were working with the Memphis Tourism and others to uh, prepare for the museum. And we really got ahead of this ahead of this work. And um, so it was really just kind of great leadership uh, on our team. Our executive director of our music academy, our executive director of our school, and our executive director of our museum was really, really got on, got on, got in front of this. And I'm happy to talk further about the things we did. 
Well, absolutely. Um, kind of let us know, you know, some of the things that you had to kind of overcome uh, in terms of being able to keep things up and operational. Yeah, well, I'll say this. So the Soulsville Foundation is an umbrella organization, and we operate the Stax Museum of American Soul Music. We operate the Stax Music Academy, which mm-hmm. is an after-school and summer program, mm-hmm. and we operate the Soulsville Charter School. And so the one of one of our goals this year was really to, to stay intact. And stay intact meant uh, keeping the staff that we had. And so we've done a... Um, our best not to furlough or lay anybody off this year, which we succeeded at. And partly that's done by really networking with the affinity groups uh, in our community. So Arts Memphis was a great asset to us, as were some of the other cultural organizations, to help us uh, understand um, some of the public financing that was out there to support organizations like ours. We really got a tight budget. We reduced our hours in our museum. We went virtual. Um, We learned how to to deliver our programming uh, virtually, um, and we've gotten really good at it. And uh, and we've set our museum and our music academy and certainly to be our school up so they're safe buildings to come into. So we did all those things to prepare to get those um, places organized and safe for children and, and visitors to our museum and our music academy. We did those types of things, really, really pulled our budget uh, strap tight, uh, and got organized and focused on the most important things this year. Absolutely. We are speaking with Richard Greenwald. He is the president and CEO of the Soulsville Foundation, which, as he uh, said earlier, is over the Stax Academy, the Music Academy, the whole nine yards. Now, you know, recently the Stax Academy got a couple of big boosts in the arm, but let me talk about the one that a lot of folks are talking about, um, with a certain award show that was done, and a certain <laughs> mega music star uh, that uh, did a uh, did a little bit of a guest appearance along with some of your students. Talk a little bit about JT, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, well, Justin Timberlake has really been a great ally of ours, and about a year and a half ago, he and the Levi's Foundation decided to really step in and work with our music academy specifically. Um, and while he's supporting the whole Souls of Foundation, he really targeted the next generation of artists, which is part of our mission, of course. Right, um, right. Promote the legacy of Stacks, educate youth, and, and, and work with emerging artists. So um, we created a Justin Timberlake songwriting music lab with Levi's, um, which he helped outfit and Levi's donated resources toward and uh, including instruments and um, uh, and all sorts of uh, production uh, equipment so we could create a music lab uh, with him. And ever since, he has been hugely supportive, yeah. um, uh, inspiring our students and sticking with us. Um, and uh, more to come on, on Justin Timberlake, but he's really dedicated to helping us, um, particularly around songwriting and, and, and nurturing our students that's amazing so we had this relationship with justin timberlake and we got a call on new year's eve and uh from the timberlake folks saying hey president biden uh wants to um have justin timberlake uh be a part of the inaugural celebration on january 20th and uh justin timberlake is choosing memphis his hometown uh as his location for the inaugural event and he's choosing uh, soulsville and the Sachs museum um, as his location to uh, perform. And so oh, he, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, he asked if, uh, if our kids wanted to perform with them, and they did. And oh, so, yes, yes, yes. You know, he and Aunt Clemens came down. They sang the song Better Days. They rehearsed with our students. They um, It was a huge production. It was an amazing opportunity, particularly for, for our young kids who got to be a part of this special inauguration and got to perform with Justin Timberlake. And it was such a great platform for Memphis. It absolutely was. You are 100% right. And, uh, and so many millions and millions of people got a chance to to witness that uh, live that night. Talk, if you will, about uh, a donation that you received that is going mm-hmm. to help to educate our young folks musically for some years to come. Talk about that, if you will. Yeah, so... We have um, had a long-term relationship with a record company called Concord. Mm-hmm. They're based out of uh, Los Angeles and Nashville and a few other places. Mm-hmm. And um, they um, they actually own the Stacks label and logo, et cetera. And so they have um, 
been really interested in our work, and they care very much, particularly about the Sax Music Academy. Yeah. Uh, we collaborate with them on certain things in our museum. So we are two separate organizations, but um, they made a commitment to us, a five-year, $1 million pledge to us to support um, 100 students going through our music academy over the next five years. And oh they, they, they plan on doing more. They plan on doing more in kind. Um, work with us like some of the hosting some workshops with major artists, um, teaching our students not only about how to create music, but how to be in the industry yeah. uh, and how to be in uh, and, you know, how to protect themselves and how to, um, you know, what success really looks like. So it, they've been a great ally and partner and we are thrilled, thrilled to get that uh, donation. You know, we, we raise our money every year for, yeah. you know, we start over every single fiscal year and, it's hard for all nonprofits, and so we're so grateful for them for that. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. No, that's going to be, no, that's obviously a very, very big deal, in particular uh, for the future of uh, some of our youngsters out there who want a, a, a uh, career uh, in the music field. I mean, and to be able to have that type of funding behind you, you've got to be very excited about that and, of course, looking toward the future as well. We really are, and, you know, we just finished a new uh, – strategic vision for Soulsville, and, and that includes um, really digging into community and making a mark in Memphis. And so while we do get a lot of national and international attention, and we certainly bring a lot of tourists to Memphis, and um, we, we have a gift shop and everything we sell in that gift shop, we try to locally source um, here in Memphis. So we are an economic driver in Memphis. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we are very excited to be able to start looking to the future and, um, you know, as we look back to the past of the amazing stack legacy and the work we're doing now with our, our, our students in our music academy and in the museum and the school, we're very excited about the future and what we can do um, on that corridor on Macklemore in South Memphis. And it's not just us over there. It's, um, you've got the Slim House. You've got Lamone Owen College. You've yes. got one family in the Rocks Climbing Gym. So there's a lot of things, positive things happening in Memphis, particularly in South Memphis uh, in Soulsville. Well, I tell you what, uh, we're very excited for you, and I'm very happy that uh, uh, we were able to uh, connect and that you were able to kind of share uh, what was going on down there. We don't hear as much as we would like to hear about Stax and Soulsville, but it clearly uh, things are going uh, in the right direction, and uh, I wish you nothing but uh, greatest success in the future. And listen, Richard, you're welcome back on this show anytime that there's a special event or something coming up that uh, showcase or anything that you would like us to uh, talk about, uh, you are welcome back on this show anytime. Chip, I really appreciate that invitation. I appreciate this conversation. And really all you're doing to promote the, the, the music scene in Memphis. People have been so supportive of, of our work. They care so much about Souls on Stacks and you know, you just epitomize that. So thank you so much for having me on your show tonight. Well, listen, I appreciate it. And one more thing before I go... Jared J.B. Boyd told me to tell you <laughs> hello. He said he's a friend, so I, I wanted to make sure I, I gave that shout-out to him. He's a, good, he's a great friend of ours, and we really love his work, and he's done a lot for the for the museum and the music academy there, so he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he really tell is. Tell him I said hello. I'm going to do it. And, Richard, thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Chip, have a great night, man. Uh, you too, buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was uh, Richard Greenwald. Uh, and uh, as I said, he is the president and CEO of the Soulsville Foundation, which is over the Stacks Academy. Great conversation. And uh, they're doing great things there. And I love to see our young folks doing the positive stuff and, and, and becoming because they are our next leaders. And, you know, I work at a radio station that's primarily a music station. So, you know, we we hope one day Robbie and, and JB and them hope one day that they these young folks um, cut something that they can play here for years to come. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about politics with my friend, Mr. Ken Job, who is the press secretary for the Tennessee House Democratic Caucus. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Quick break. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR comes from Crosstown Brewery. Now available, the Studio Session IPA, raised by sound, was brewed in collaboration with WYXR. A percentage of all sales benefit our station. For more information, visit crosstownbrewery.com. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Spaces Group. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, government, and not-for-profit markets. For more information or to start your project, visit spacesgrp.com. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Tamburino. Tamburino's staff of IT specialists help businesses develop a technology strategy that aligns with their business goals. For more information, visit Tamburino.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk on this Monday. Monday, 6 p.m., of course, you know, you can always find us right here on 91.7 WYXR. Uh, you can also find us on the TuneIn app. Just uh, put in the call letters, WYXR. And, of course, uh, you know, you can uh, if you if listen to us live, but you can also listen to us. They archive all the shows, so if you happen to miss this fine piece of radio broadcasting, you can actually go to their website, wyxr.org, and check us out as well. Very, very happy to be here. Uh, I love doing this show, in case you hadn't uh, noticed. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, uh, we do stuff around here that not only will inform and entertain you as well, uh, but uh, this uh, this particular uh, guest of mine who is... Uh, Standing by is a, is a man I have known for a long time, and he is one of the best people that I've ever known. He is a news executive of the highest stripe. This man has worked national news. He's worked in, has been a news director in New York City uh, and all over the country and here in Memphis as well. And he is actually somebody I looked up to. And I, I say this every time I talk to him, I, my one of my biggest broadcasts, Television news regrets is not having had a chance to work under his tutelage. But in any event, we are friends, and I appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Ken Job is here. He's the press secretary for the Tennessee House Democratic Caucus. How are you, my friend? Hey, Chip. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much uh, for uh, taking some time. I know you're at the State House up there, and I know you guys are busy, so I'm not going to hold you, but I really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your uh, busy schedule to uh, visit with us. Um, wanted to wanted to uh, ask you, first of all, for people who are, don't know, uh, kind of explain your role as the press secretary for the Tennessee House Democratic Caucus and and what that uh, and, and, and what all that does. Well, I mean, essentially what I do is I try to inform people of what the Democratic Caucus is up to, the House Democratic Caucus. Uh, that is set up press releases, send out press releases, set up press conferences, uh, facilitate meetings. Uh, I, I try to keep the media uh, in informed and involved about uh, when bills that we have that we think will be of interest are coming up mm -hmm. and when bills uh, that the other side has that we think uh, people will want to know about and perhaps uh, rally support against are coming up. So basically, uh, this this job is is really kind of all encompassing, and you you have to keep uh, a lot of folks informed uh, in in terms of what's going on up there legislatively. And I know the session has not been too long started, but um, as from your view, 
uh, as the press secretary uh, for the House uh, Democratic Caucus. Uh, how do you see things so far? What what does the landscape in Nashville look like uh, in terms of the House uh, legislative body so far in your in your view? Well, I, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, we're in a super minority. Um, we have 26 members uh, and there are 99 seats. So uh, you can see that that we are, um, you know, it, it is difficult for us to, uh, you know, block some of the things that they have. But mm-hmm. we put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, we try to get a lot of good things uh, accomplished for our local constituents. Most of the vast majority of our members come from Memphis and Nashville. Right. Uh, we have one from Chattanooga and two from Knoxville and one from the uh, Brownsville Jackson area. Okay. Uh, outside of that, uh, the entire rest of the state is very red, uh, yeah. which makes it a, a, an uphill battle uh, to try to get some of our uh, initiatives across but you know that's not going to stop us from trying and trying to get uh you know some people to to realize what we're doing up here and, and hopefully translate that into a few more seats at some point do you think that uh that we're at a landscape now of course with the uh, recent national election and some of the changes uh, around the country um that perhaps maybe things might change now. Now I, I'm not, I'm not naive, and I understand that this state has been red forever, and it probably will continue to be red uh, on the majority side. But do you, do you, do you have a sense that perhaps there could be um, greater inroad down the road in terms of the legislative body from the Democratic side? Well, let me let me first say that you know this this state is extremely red. Yeah, but it hasn't been for a long time. I mean, when you and I were in news, this was a very blue uh, house. That's when true. Ed Ray McWhorter was running it and the governor and, and, you know, Democrats had a lot of power here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things changed starting, you know, um, a few years ago um, when we started losing seats. And, and you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people can understand some of the right reasoning behind some of that. Yeah. Uh, Part of it was as well that uh, the state income tax that Democrats uh, tried to push through uh, oh many years ago now. We lost a lot of uh, uh, seats during that time. I wasn't in the state at that point, but uh, that did cost us some seats. Now, I, I mean, it's certain, you know, this is a very red state now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Tennessee didn't even uh, go for Al Gore. Uh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. That's very true. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at um, the last few years when Joe Biden ran for president and when Hillary ran for president, uh, Nashville, Memphis, and Brownsville, Tennessee, uh, the only counties that went Democratic. That's three of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, and, and particularly, you know, two of them are the one thing that does help. Two of them are the largest cities, and in yeah. a lot of ways, the economic engines of the state. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the state really doesn't seem to care much about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's that's true as well. We are speaking with Ken Job. He is the press secretary of the Tennessee House Democratic Caucus. And Ken, I'm gonna shift. I'm gonna shift gears here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to a very familiar uh, part of your history, which is news and um, uh, you know leading news operations, uh, not only nationally but but locally here as well. So. Because of what you do as a press secretary, you're still dealing very heavily with with news operations and things like that. Do you have a take on the direction of news, the focus of news operations today? I know you do. You're a very, you know, you're a very big study of, of, of the business because you were in it for such a long time. And can you compare and contrast uh, from the from the good old days to the new days now in terms of the presentation of news and, and how things are done these days? Well, well, certainly, um, you know, I, I got out about six years ago. Right. And when I left, 
social media was just becoming the force, becoming a force. It was nowhere near what it is today. Uh, I think that, you know, there's no doubt that the advent of social media as a source of information for millions of Americans uh, has changed news uh, completely. Um, there are many people who get what they think is news from social media, and that's what they believe, which is very different from the time than you and I were growing up when, you know, there were three news operations, yes. and people trusted them, and they believed them. And, I, I, and most news operations now are, are still very uh, straightforward and, and straight down the middle, but, you know, they get lumped. They, they've gotten lumped in now in a lot of people's minds with social media, and uh, they can't really distinguish between the two anymore. And then you help. what helps blur the lines is that, you know, even some of the legitimate news media, I mean, you take, for example, I worked for Fox for 11 years. Right. You know, Fox News was, you know, a very legitimate operation, but... You couldn't distinguish the news content from that talk show uh, trash that they use, that they run on the network at night, and that blurs it all together. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it you know, people don't even know that they actually really had a real news operation. They think those people, you know, that that were on the talk shows like Hannity and Dobbs and and uh, all those guys uh, were news anchors, and they aren't. Uh, and MSNBC is pretty much the same way. For the other side, I'm, I might add, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, they do all their talk shows at night that are yeah. completely, uh, you know, liberal, liberal oriented, liberal versus conservative. And, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah right. and mm-hmm. and people hear those talk shows and they watch those talk shows and they believe uh, that those are news because they are on quote unquote 24 hour news channels. Uh, so has, the lines have become really blurred. I was uh, I was going to ask you. So has social media really? I mean, it, I mean, they they've taken a big whack out of this, and because of the lifestyle that many of us live, um, which is always hurry, hurry, you know, get there, get there, gotta go. They get their news from their their mobile devices and other things like that. I mean that that has really changed kind of the way we we process things. Uh, does it not in in your mind? Well, sure, and and, and it. it you know, people, uh, you know, old, when, when we were in television, uh, people would criticize television as being a, a sound bite medium. Although, you know, we did a lot of very good long, long form pieces when yes. I was in television. Yeah. Uh, 60 Minutes is still a very successful broadcast. Uh, but uh, now with social media, there really is no time for anything. I mean, people don't stop and read long you know, uh, long uh, stories anymore. Yeah, uh-huh. It's just not the way that it works anymore. And, uh, you know, they look at the headline that they see on social media and they might read the first three or four lines. And many people believe that they are informed after that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and that's honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm old school and, and I like long form stories. Today, it's you have to tell a story beginning, middle and end in a minute and 20 seconds, which is like that. that that's the standard news operation these days, which you really don't get any information out of. So I'm, I'm still a big fan of 60 minutes and long form news stories and that's what I used to enjoy about watching when you were running Fox because you would take time to actually explain uh, what a story is all about and you had some really good people there who could really tell stories you miss those days I do I do and you know the one other thing that I, that I might say that has changed is you know people don't quite have the perspective on issues that they used to have. Explain that. Uh, Explain that. Kim. Because okay, let me let me put it when you, when in the days when you were watching a newscast, there may be something on that if you were thumbing through your social media pages, you would never click on. Okay. But if it was on a newscast, you had to watch it and or at least sit through it and while you watched it, you may have learned something about something that you had. You thought you may not have any interest in. Sure. But once you actually saw the story, you said, "Wow, I, yeah. I can't believe that's going on." Yeah. Uh, you don't have that opportunity now because you know people 
they won't click on those types of stories. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're right. You know, you're exactly right. It's different. It's way different. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I I really believe you look recently. Uh, I mean, who you know? How many people in this state now would have clicked on stories say about apartheid in South Africa? Yeah, that's true. But once they were once they were learning about the story during the news, people could say, "Wow, yeah. really? That's still going on." Yeah. Yeah, but do we really think that the people in Tennessee, by and large, in these red counties, would click on that story now? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would happen. Don't, don't think so. Don't think so. Listen, we've been spending some uh, time with uh, Mr. Ken Job. Uh, uh, I'm I, I'm proud to call him a friend. Uh, he is the press secretary of the Tennessee House Democratic Caucus. Ken, thank you so much for taking some time. I know you're busy. I know the House is in session now, but thank you for ta- for taking some time out of your schedule to uh, visit with us tonight. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to do it. You feel free. Uh, you know, I'll come back anytime you want. Uh, I'm going to take you up on that, my friend. I guarantee you. <laughs> take good care, man. Thank you for thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay. I, I appreciate it. All right, take care. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ken Job, uh, talked to us a lot about news and the ever changing face of news. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to talk about how you as a possible or potential business entrepreneur can help to get your business off the ground with a particular group and organization that we're going to talk about. That's next. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. We will be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Spaces Group. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, government, and not-for-profit markets. For more information or to start your project, visit spacesgrp.com. Support for WYXR comes from Crosstown Brewery. Now available, the Studio Session IPA, raised by sound, was brewed in collaboration with WYXR. A percentage of all sales benefit our station. For more information, visit crosstownbrewery.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Welcome back to the broadcast. This is Real Talk, just in case you're tuning in. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us uh, on this evening. And uh, before the break, I talked about uh, those of you out there who are entrepreneurs who may want an opportunity to uh, be able to uh, take those dreams and turn them into realities, where there is one organization that might be able to help you do that. And uh, with me now on the line is Jessica Tavo. She is the interim CEO of Epicenter Memphis. And Jessica, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Chip. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I have to say, I also am a big fan of long-form journalism. So it was good for you. Fun yeah, to hear you you and I are both. That. That's right. You and I are both the, the old broadcast folks, the journalism right. folks, yeah, communications <laughs> folks. Well, listen, Jessica. Right. First of all, very, very happy to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. And, Thanks uh, so much for having me. Well, and and, and you know, I, I I told you earlier when we talked, I, I saw the story that uh, Channel Three did an excellent story about your organization. But for those of us who don't really know about Epicenter, can you give us sort of a, a rundown of your organization and uh, how you help our community? Absolutely. So we're an entrepreneurial hub organization, which just means that 
we're doing everything we can to make sure that all entrepreneurs in Memphis and Shelby County have what they need to start and grow businesses. Okay. We were an idea of the Greater Memphis Chamber Chairman Circle back in 2014. And um, we launched as a, as a full nonprofit um, in 2017. So we've been uh, operating fully for about four years. Okay. And um, that, those kinds of resources, we called our ecosystem, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a fancy word of, of uh, sort of a big network of resources um, around the, the region. And we're looking at things like, um, do, do entrepreneurs have enough capital resources or the money it takes? Um, to start or grow business. And that's going to look different for different kinds of um, companies and different ages of companies. Sure, sure. Um, do they have access to mentors and experts? So the talent pool, um, is that accessible? Do they have access to customers, um, you know, revenue um, uh, through customer contracts? And then um, really just building out the whole network of um, culture and connection um, and things like Policy advocacy, you know, really, uh, I mean, we wake up every day and think about local entrepreneurs, um, but we don't just, if I can just say, we don't do that by ourselves. We have an entire network of uh, partners here locally and regionally um, that help us do that, that are also providers to entrepreneurs and small businesses, and we collaborate with them every day, so. That's a that's a that that's a lot, and you know you say you say that you've been here four years, but but I guess I would I, I, maybe I would be remiss if I didn't ask if is the demand uh, for people who come to you with ideas or or, or business plans or however that works um, to want to be the next entrepreneurs here in Memphis? I mean, are there a lot of folks out there who are trying to f- fulfill that dream? Absolutely. I mean, we have engaged more than a thousand people uh, over the last, you know, since 2015 who either have a business or trying to grow a business or maybe just have an idea. So, I mean, Memphis is an entrepreneurial community and um, we've even seen, I mean, we work with all kinds of businesses. So folks from, um, you know, who are, who have sort of traditional place-based businesses like restaurants, uh, barbershops, florists, all the way to tech uh, start, you know, tech-based startups. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we define um, entrepreneurship in a really broad way in yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Um, but and we, I mean, we've even seen people come to us recently, which is not unusual in a crisis situation, um, that are wanting to start businesses now, even in in a pandemic. So is that right? um, the demand is always there, and and again, that's why we work with so many partners. But um, I think what we try to do is make sure that those resources are accessible, equitable, and um, make sure people know about them. So, We are speaking with Jessica Tavo. She is the interim CEO of Epicenter Memphis and uh, really enjoying this conversation. You, uh, you, you've you helped a lot of people, and um, we saw a few of those uh, in that piece that uh, Channel 3 did uh, about your, your organization out here. If, if, if uh, people uh, wanted to understand more about what it is you could do uh, as an organiz- as an organization rather to uh, help them out uh, how do they do that sure the the best place for them to go is our website it's epicentermemphis.org e p i c e n t e r memphis.org mm-hmm. we do have a link there um, that says find support um, and that puts you in touch with our staff um, you know, if, if you fill out a little bit of information, we can get a sense for where you are in your journey. You know, yeah. maybe you have an idea um, that you've been thinking about, or maybe you have an existing business, and our staff can help you um, either connect to an epicenter resource or connect you to one of our partners. Um, we also have a phone number. Um, it's 901-500-6368. Okay. Um, and you can certainly call that as well. But, um, we, you know, we're here to help. Uh, but those, that's the, really the best way to connect with us because we can get you, you know, our goal is to get you to those resources faster um, than, than you maybe would on your own. So uh, that's, that's the best way. Connectivity really is how things get done, isn't it, here, in, especially here in, 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 in Memphis and in Shelby County. Connectivity, being able to connect, as you just said, connect with other people or connect people with other people in organizations that can help them to, to grow. Am I correct in that? 
Absolutely. And I, and I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because I really don't think it's like that in, in every other market. No, it's not. Um, one of the, one of the things that uh, we, we really do have a collaborative ecosystem. One of the things that we found last summer and spring when, um, you know, when, when COVID was just sort of just taking off is we were able to pull together a group of economic development agencies, um, who, who we work with already, who we work all together. And we were able to share resources and information about funding opportunities and relief packages. We were even able to cross refer entrepreneurs to each other. So you had companies who maybe were able to, um, you know, get assistance from several different agencies. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, I think Memphis, um, uh, you know, the, the economic development and entrepreneurial community is very connected. Yes. Um, and I think we all have that desire to, um, to really highlight the entrepreneurs that are already doing good work and just, again, try to get, um, you know, add value to their businesses and, and connect them to resources yeah. more quickly and, and make sure those resources are equitable and accessible. Jessica Tavo, thank you so much uh, for sharing you. uh, your information about Epicenter. And I hope that uh, folks are uh, paying attention. If, and if they didn't uh, get it live, they can come back to the radio station and uh, website. And uh, we tape all our shows so they'll be able to get the information. But, Jessica, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Chip, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for, thanks for all you're doing for Memphis. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, that was a very, very good conversation with uh, Jessica Tavo from Epicenter, and they are helping to build dreams and make dreams come true. I'm going to go to uh, a quick break here, and when I come back, uh, I'm going to pay tribute uh, to a great man. Uh, We'll have that on the other side. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip Washington. Uh, Hope you come back with us. Quick break. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Are you interested in sponsoring the show and want to support WYXR at the same time? To find out how, email us at sponsorships at WYXR.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk. Uh, I'm Chip Washington. And as we uh, prepare to wrap this show up, uh, I just wanted to take a minute, uh, if I could, to uh, pay a tribute uh, to someone who was not only a great preacher, a great teacher, but he was a great man. Uh, my pastor, Walter Peggs Sr., uh, passed away on, uh, went to glory on February 12th. And uh, they had his home going uh, this past weekend uh, at our church, which is a full view missionary Baptist church in Bartlett. And I just wanted to to play the last time uh, he actually was on the show was in December. And uh, it was it was a fluke because uh, the guest that I had scheduled canceled on me at the very last minute. So God led me to my pastor. And I was just very thankful that he picked up the phone. <laughs> and uh, we had a chat uh, for a few minutes. And at the end, he, he, he prayed for us. Um, I am having a difficult time uh, grasps, grasping the fact that he's no longer here. Uh, but I know he's in heaven and I know he is one happy man. So if you will indulge me, I wanted to play the last interview that we did December 7th uh, with uh, Senior Pastor, Fullview Missionary Baptist Church, 
Walter Pegs. And welcome back to the show. You know, as in life, things happen from time to time, and and they're a little bit unpredictable. Well, I was supposed to have Bill Drees uh, on for this last segment to talk about this, that, and the other, but uh, he, as as a capable and dutiful reporter that he is, is at the county commission meeting, and he said they were debating, and they were preparing to vote on something. So he had to beg out literally <laughs> when I called him at the last minute. But, you know, these things happen, and I, I appreciate his efforts, and we'll try to get him back on the show uh, at another time. But I'm very pleased uh, to have uh, to have uh, my, 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 my fill-in, my... my, my uh, you know, my, my pinch hitter, so to speak. Uh, he is uh, the senior pastor of Full View Missionary Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. He is my pastor, uh, senior pastor Walter Peggs. Uh, pastor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Kid. Thank you so much uh, <laughs> for filling in. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I know you're, you're busy and tied up, too. So, first of all, Pastor, how are you feeling? How is First Lady feeling? Are we doing well? Are we recovering well? You say recovering, uh, and, and, I, and I, I guess that leads me to tell the audience that you and First Lady did uh, uh, test positive for COVID. And um, so, uh, can you can you kind of share some of the the symptoms that that, that you that you both had? Well, my symptoms were just a light cough, mm-hmm. and then uh, all of a sudden I just lost my energy. I mean, I just had no injury at all mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and a little upset stomach but that was, that, was, that was basically it that cough and that loss of energy yeah I mean, you walk upstairs you have to sit down and rest you know just just uh someone wasn't used to yeah, yeah yeah well yeah if anybody who knows knows you knows you're always going every time i see you you like you fly from one end yeah. of the sanctuary yeah, to the well, other it, it, it took me out of the game. I tell you that. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad as as all of us are uh, congregants are glad that you're that you're on the mend and you're feeling better. First lady, you doing okay too? Uh, she's doing better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing better than I am. Well, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad to hear that, Pastor Pegs. You know, we we've seen unprecedented times, and you know, you have uh, um, you know obviously had to to shift the way you do things. You know, as the as the head of a, a pretty good sized church congregation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, tell us uh how how the adjustment has been for you how you have had to how COVID has basically changed the way you know uh, we we do things these days yeah yeah and we're blessed at Fulvio to have a, a good mixture of deacons and trustees to form what we call a COVID emergency team mm-hmm. and we pull in that uh, our, you know sound engineer our security people trustees and deacons and health ministry and and try to do what's best for the church in the, in this normal way as possible to keep the church operating mm-hmm. and we've had to make some changes in the way we do worship and and way we do bible study and sunday school but then again we are blessed because the deacons and the trustees had already implemented uh, a media ministry and a media concept and already employed someone in the uh, in the person of our Pam McLaughlin to oversee that. Mm-hmm. So when the virus hit, uh, we already had the means to do the streaming and the zooming and all that. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Pastor Walter Peggs uh, from Full View Missionary Baptist Church. And, and Pastor, when you uh, preach uh, to us, because, you know, we see you, we see you via... Uh, via mobile, you know, every 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 Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the, during these times, which for many people have been pretty dark. I mean, you know, we're talking about unemployment. We're talking about, you know, how how do you people, you know, how you put the food on the table. You know, how people are being able to pay their bills and and what's next for so many people. Um, you know, what goes into the words that 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 you want to say and the message that you want to translate to people. Uh, on a weekly basis? Well, really, the first thing I try to get people to see is they have to trust God. You really have to trust God mm-hmm. in a time like this. And you have to understand that just because you say saved does not exempt you from what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. But God uses what's happening to you 
to to make it a ministry to others. And so the message that I try to preach is that you have to stay focused on God and let him take care of all the other things. You do what you can do, but you stay focused on God. And with this uh, virus situation, we did everything we could to be safe. We, we isolated ourselves from certain uh, conditions. We wore our masks. We did all those things we're supposed to do and only to one second for, for the virus to get into our atmosphere. Now, that point right there is really one that I want you to emphasize on just a little bit, if you don't mind, kind of kind of elaborate mm-hmm. on that. It's like you can mm-hmm. do, and, and I'll be honest with you, Pastor, you know, my household has been safe and, and, and from mm-hmm. this virus, thank the Lord, it really has, mm-hmm. uh, but, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take much. I mean, you know, I mean, people are getting infected like I mean, the numbers that 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 are just through the roof, and 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 it right. really doesn't take much. To, I mean, and so I mean, can we overprotect ourselves? I mean, I don't even at, at, at this point in time, I don't even know. Being honest, well, it's like driving. It's, it's like driving a car. You do your defensive driving. You try to control your car, but you have no control of what other people do. That's very true. That's and this virus is like that. You do all you can, and other people do all they can, but they have no control over what other people that they may come in contact with. Uh, the person that infected us had just left a film, had no idea oh that he had been exposed at the film mm. 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 until he came down with the symptoms uh, later on in the week. And then when he called us, and said, he, he said, you know, you're the only person we've talked to since we left the film. Then we went and got tested. We tested positive. Wow, wow. So, you know, one of the biggest uh, issues, and I've spoken to other pastors, you know, about this as well, is, you know, the, the, the concept of being a church family. And uh, these days, being a church family means a, a separate family. How difficult yeah. is it for the congregants, uh, and even you, not to be able to, you know, to reach out to to, to when you preach to see a you know a full sea of of, of congregants you know praising God I mean how difficult mm-hmm. in the adjustment process has it been for you now you make it look flawless but I but I mean the, but there still has to to be mm-hmm. a sense of something mm-hmm. in terms of that mm-hmm. well I, I I just say when I get up that I'm preaching to God other people are just bystanders oh okay well, and I want to make sure that what I do pleases him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm preaching to him, even though he doesn't need to be preached to, I'm preaching for him. Yeah. And his people will hear. Yeah. God does an amazing thing with a sermon. His people will always get something from the message in spite of the preacher. Well, that's very, very true. Pastor, I, I, I know I caught you off guard with this, and I thank you so very much for filling in uh, this last segment. I just want a favor, um, if, if, if I might, can you pray us out? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always up for a good prayer, and I got a couple of minutes here, and, and I would mm-hmm. just ask if you would, if you just, if you do just say a prayer for all of us, if you would, for, for a moment. Yes, yes. Father God, we're so grateful for the relationship that we have with you and for the love and the mercy that you have extended toward us, even in the midst of all the pandemic and the crisis and the confusion and the rhetoric that's uh, filling our airways. We know that you're still in charge, and so we trust you. We ask that you would strengthen our faith in you, that you would give us that uh, that uh, option of the Holy Spirit that would allow us to continue to hear you when you speak and allow us to live a life that pleases you. We pray today for our leaders, our elected officials, and yeah. those who have the responsibility of making decisions concerning our welfare, that they would hear you speak, that you would speak to their hearts in such a way that they are inclined to do that which pleases you and will bring glory and honor to your name, in spite of themselves, that you will still get the glory and honor that is done in your name. We pray for this virus. Uh, We don't know where it came from. We don't know what the purpose of it is, but we know that you are in control, Father. We pray that as you stay the death angel at the threshing floor for David, that you be merciful unto us, unto your people all over the world, and that you would stay this disease, and that in your staying of this disease, that your name would see the glory and honor, and those who are called by your name would do that which will bring glory to you. Thank you for Chip and the program for the information uh, that he gives to others. We pray for our listeners, wherever they are, whatever situation they're in, 
that you will meet their need according to your word. And we pray, Father, that those who don't know you will come to know you and depart in their sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And God bless you. Nobody does it better. Pastor Pegs, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Okay, Chip, I'm glad I, I'm glad I answered the phone. I almost didn't answer the phone. Well, I'm glad you did, too. <laughs> hey, you guys, t- you take good care of yourself, okay? I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Keep praying for me. Thank you. I will. Bye-bye.